0: Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon, TCG, discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Sanitsu. This week, we will be discussing the lead-in to the BT-11 meta, The Return of Chicken Gameplay. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting networks. Link in the description below or find us at Wolf Den Digimon TCG.
1: On top of that, we also stream this over on twitch.tv Zenitsu, and this is also uploaded as a YouTube video under the YouTube channel of Zenitsu.
0: For our viewer question of the week, this week's question is, what new card type would you add, or you could see being added to the Digimon TCG? Um. Well...
1: Uh, just looking at some other Bandai examples, uh, namely coming from Dragon Ball, um, they could add, like, an extra deck, as much as I hate the idea of an extra deck, um, Chrono Clash did this also, where it's literally labeled as an EX deck, just basically quick evolutions, uh, into, like, stronger forms, so, like, that's how I thought certain level sevens or, like, burst modes would go. And that's where they could go as well, where it's just like, okay, I meet these more hyper-specific conditions, but for meeting those conditions, I get a better reward. That kind of a thing. Um, Outside of that, like maybe a Digivice kind of a card. Like we have Tamers, but a Digivice would be cool because we have a whole bunch of different Digivices that they could pull from. And um, I think that could be pretty spicy. I don't know exactly what they would do. Maybe like, a little counter thing to help uh, manage memory in certain situations or something similar to a tamer, but not exactly a tamer, uh, with limited uses. So, I don't know. Um, those are just the two that I can think of off the top of my head. What do you got, Nako?
0: Oh, it's it's a tough question because I'm trying to make something that would actually get printed and not just something that would be something objectively broken that were a blatant ripoff of just, like Planeswalkers. Like, that would be a, an easy example. They just make Tamers Planeswalkers, where you they have abilities that they can activate, and they have their own life. Maybe, like, if you kill them, then they deal security damage to you, potentially equal to how, much, how many attacks they survive or what their DP threshold is or whatever. But I really don't think they'd go in that direction, A, because they'd probably get sued by Wizards of the Coast but um more likely i think they just it'd be a new iteration of an option card with a delay attribute i know we've mentioned ways to potentially add counter spells or something in that regard with that or just more flexibility with delay option cards but i could see them going in the direction of almost the artifact enchantments design space where it's so almost like an you said, equipment did you, did you kind of yeah like where Cause... you could have something on the field you could pay put memory into put it down and then it either have an aura text or some sort of enhancement effect um maybe like um like geez like trying to make a specific example is really hard but something like like the x ex- antibody antigen or whatever and it's just like a little x antibody in a jar and you can play it and it's just on the field and it just has maybe an inheritable trait so it's essentially just the x antibody option card but maybe better but you have to pay memory to do it but you don't have to pay memory to do it on the turn that you would potentially need it you know what i mean like you could add the x antibody to a card after it leaves raising but you've already put the memory into the card on a previous turn. cost costs, like, two memory or something. No, yeah, like,
1: uh, kind of like a sync, where it's just like, okay, if the Digimon dies, maybe this card actually kind of remains, although they would have to rewrite that. Um, or just, yeah, like a, a delayed modify kind of a card, where it's just like, okay, I'm going to... Uh, kind of almost like what the plugins were trying to be, where it's just like, mm-hmm. I'll put this in, I could just have it sit, and then... Um, like basically bank it for when I need to use it later, kind of a thing. Where it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll modify look at memory boost because yeah. the memory
0: boosts are just you're paying memory to get memory back later, but also doing something in the meantime. They're very efficient in that regard. But something like a better X antibody inheritable than just the X antibody inheritable of like this can't be trashed or whatever that is, like. Something else, something maybe even more general to, like, draw one on attack or something like that. I don't know, it seems pretty bad, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, people were thinking, like, locations on various um, social networks, like, before. Um, like, in the early stages of the game, when they were, like, first revealing all of the different card types. People are just like, oh man, locations would be cool, because then I could have one for, like, the Dark Ocean and Kowloon and... Uh, Just a whole bunch of other, like, iconic Digimon locations from uh, just the show and the games. Um, I don't know exactly how that would work because, like, that type of card, like a field card, usually has, like, it's basically the equivalent of our tamers. It's just something static that just happens. Like, maybe have it limited to one and, um, like, you can only have one of this type of a card on the field um, per player. I don't know.
0: Well, because if that's anything like the the Yu-Gi-Oh! version of it, then it would basically just be who gets to use the thing that makes their deck broken, like, first or maybe second, because I play my field spell that is, you know, Dark Ocean that just says Aqua-type Digimon, get 1,000 or 2,000 DP, and then my deck basically can't function without that, and then your thing is, you know virus type digimon get you know cannot be you know affected by option cards or something stupid and then like well if i don't have mine i lose and if you don't have yours you're losing it just becomes this other game of i have to play mine to get rid of yours so if i really want to have mine i really need to have two of them Well Yu Gi Oh change theirs uh yeah Yu Gi Oh change
1: theirs to where you each can get one, but yeah, it's it's this fine line. Yeah, it's it's a fine line on like what do you want the cards to do, what value is it adding to the game as a whole, and uh what unique and exciting thing does it provide? Um and that's like what it comes down to because Dragon Ball uh as another Bandai example, they added uh basically an extra deck recently. Um I'm forget uh Zenkai. They call it a Zenkai deck with Zenkai cards, and uh they have an alternative cost um for uh utilizing specific mechanics in the game. Uh then they have unisons which are basically discount versions of planeswalkers except they're more broken than planeswalkers, unironically. Um but, uh, yeah, they're just a, a modular card with modular effects that you could choose which one when you need it. Uh, and then Magic, um, they added Planeswalkers after a while into their game because that was like a huge lore thing. And everyone just calls them over-glorified enchantments that have, again, that modular type of ability. So, um, I'm not entirely sure how or when we'd see that in Digimon. It wouldn't surprise me if they did all of a sudden, but... I'm not entirely sure what form it would take considering they still have a lot of different lore to be able to pull from, to be able to create something interesting and special.
0: I think something that would maybe also be a better fit with the idea of like the, because Digimon has a lot of forced effects, a lot of, they really dumb the, the game down in that regard where like you, you have to do it on XYZ. You don't have a choice or do as much as you can. And um, something like the, the Sagas would make a lot of sense to your ability. You could play an option card for five and it says, you know, on the turn this is played, you you know, one Digimon gets a thousand DP and then on the next turn one of your Digimon you know, can't be affected by option cards. And on the next turn destroy an opponent's level six or lower Digimon. And it would give you like, you don't get a choice there, you just kind of have to do one, two, three, and if they don't have a level six or lower Digimon, or you don't have a Digimon to buff, it just goes wasted, but it's it's there. Right. You just cycle the counter one more, and then maybe it has some cool effect when it expires, or maybe have... Because then, I know there would be design space where you have a Saga that's maybe really good, but, you know, maybe the Saga's so good that the expiration effect, like the okay, after, you know, the cycle moves to four, instead of the card just going away, like, you trash the top card of your security. Like, oh man, like, I really don't want that to happen. I should win before that happens.
1: Yeah. Nah, no, there's, uh, there's still room for the game to grow to add something like that, if they even want to. Uh, cause the game doesn't necessarily need to do that if they don't feel like it fits or belongs no
0: i mean just like without talking about anything new for magic because it doesn't matter but just based on the the pre-show discussion planeswalkers were added in 2007 which was a while ago so you know magic or digimon could go a good 10 years before it even adds a new card type and even then it might still not even need it because magic has gone over 10 years without a new card type
1: yeah that is very true um yeah, and
0: they, have more, <laughs> they do have more card types though. They yeah, they do have yeah, more card types or... and various
1: different things. Because like artifacts and enchantments and magic are pretty similar. Um, there's there is some it's, distinct differences, but it's where it, the color pie comes in. because yeah.
0: something it's easier to destroy artifacts in some colors and easier to join enchantments in other colors.
1: Yeah, it's more of just like a balancing thing for them. What mm-hmm. they decide to label because like in Digimon, it's just artifacts or enchantments. Tamer, just done static cards sit on the field do stuff
0: but which also makes the things that kill them better
1: unfortunately yes. <laughs> uh which uh leads us into the actual topic of uh this chicken game and why certain card types are actually pretty good and uh how they could not be good uh and the big elephant in the room probably the king of chicken himself in BT11 uh Blackwargamon uh very infamous at this point and we've barely even started getting into bt 11 uh in fact we're actually not at bt 11 as of the recording of this so uh we just are going off of practice data on how oppressive he can be and like it's not even just a black or graymon more specifically he's just a good example because he also can control tamers uh as one of the few decks that can do that But it's this uh, idea of the game of chicken where whoever raises first tends to lose um, unless they get as much impact out of them moving out first as they humanly possibly can, fully knowing and expecting their card to die. And if it doesn't die, then they probably just win the game, Um, which is where, again, Black War Greymon comes in because uh, he's not dealing a lot of damage but he is controlling the field very, very well.
0: So, chicken gameplay, not completely foreign to those of us that have been around long enough or those of us that have played different decks. Um, There are still some instances of it in the recent history, but its largest example was the BT5 meta with the Lord Nightmon mirror, as Lord Nightmon was a Digimon that excelled in removing things and as a result of it being a level 6 based on removal, not directly, but indirectly with its ability to summon the, the regular Nightmon, um, then you had this situation where you know the first Lord Nightmon would raise, and you'd raise your, your Nightmon, and then digivolve into Lord Nightmon, and then attack to play a Nightmon with no targets, because you went first, and then it does nothing, and then you also have more than 3 security because you're going first, you're the first one to raise and so you're, you know, or your angel woman inheritable if you didn't have a nightmon which allows you to summon a level 3 or lower doesn't activate. And then you just kind of swing for one security and end your turn with a tapped lord nightmon and a, you know, nightmon or a level 3 on the field. And then your opponent be, wow, okay, that was actually really not bad at all. This I don't know why this deck is so broken. And then they would raise their level 5, did you evolve into their Lord Nightmon, and kill yours. And now they're winning. And so, it's where the, the kind of the term chicken comes from, is that if you raise, or if you kind of, you know, show your hand without an expectation that there will be a reaction to it, you put yourself in a uh, disadvantageous position.
1: Uh, and re- like... Ever since BT, like, 4, we've kind of had this chicken style of gameplay, Um, and it's kind of been, like, not necessarily going away, but hidden on how chicken is played. We've seen this with uh, the bond decks, where they have to burn their own security in order to do it. So most of the time, they would only ever bond when it was advantageous for them to punish the opponent, knowing there would be next to no repercussions, or... Literally them winning the game off of that play. That's why a lot of people took to OTK based decks is because, okay, if my card is basically going to be dead anyway, I might as well actually get full intense value out of my card. And then if it dies, cool, I just raise, move out and then just win literally the next turn. Um, Or set myself up uh, with like a hybrid play or something else, which is why hybrids were like incredibly powerful. Uh, and a lot of this boils down to the speed in which the decks can move at. So um, the decks that excel at Chicken are the ones that can move faster up their evolutionary chain, especially using less memory, uh, which is pretty important. And why a lot of X antibody decks have been so good is because a card like Cool Boy just enables them to actually gain tempo when they should be losing tempo on Digivolving. And that gaining of tempo just allows them to do more, which then lets them accelerate and move faster, which is what created what uh, BT-9 was and how BT-9 needed to be played.
0: So as we take that and we kind of work towards what BT-11 is and will most likely be, as we approach, you know, closer and potentially past the deadline with which they would announce any sort of ban restriction announcement... We come into BT11 with full power Black War Greymon, we kind of have a similar situation because with BT5, you had Lord Nightmon, you know, acting first was somewhat wrong, and because uh, Black War Greymon is also a removal-based mega, removal-based deck, somewhat defensive in nature, um, it kind of wants to establish board control and then maintain board control. But with the, the method with which it, to maintain board control uh, isn't necessarily as good as the method with which to establish board control. So you have a situation where if you were the person to first pull the trigger and to you know move out of raising and attempt to do something, you could be the one put behind as a result of overplaying your hand If you basically just let them take your stack for free. And
1: Black War Greymon having one of the better inheritables that just literally says, I could attack into your unsuspended Digimon, just allows it to easily just control the field. Even if you didn't put yourself in a supposed vulnerable position, leaving your Digimon suspended or what be it, he's still going to come in and just basically say okay, I'm just going to kill your Digimon for free most of the time, uh, and then I'm just going to basically control the field and win from there. And Black War Greymon X actually wants this to happen because he has Reboot, because he has abilities that trigger on the opponent's turn to be defensive, and he, like, for attacking into the opponent's Digimon, um, can not only just try to set himself up to just burn the security without actually attacking into the security to then slowly chip away at the opponent, but he also has a plethora of tools to, if he needs to, try to accelerate his game plan with uh, a slew of different level 6s uh, that you could toolbox to fit whatever situation you're put in. You need to try to counter the opponents? Cool, here's Gaomon with Blitz to allow you to attack even when the memory passes onto the opponent, in case you're a little bit less efficient, as long as you have that type of inheritable. Then you have uh, Blackwork Raymon himself, acting as the base for both of those, where he's the one that's going to be deleting the Tamers, and then he gets to unsuspend when opponent's Digimon is deleted. So once you establish that, like, first level 6, if that card is staying because you punish the opponent, that puts you in the best position to start building up a second one, and then it just starts snowballing out of the opponent's control to be able to fight back, especially with Black Wargreymon being able to basically pick and kill off anything he wants on the field.
0: So, while it is harder to look at the BT11 meta as a whole, and we'll definitely have more time for that later, uh, in another episode. The kind of the scope of this discussion revolves around the Black War Graymon mirror almost exclusively, just because it it is the game of chicken. It you're working with uh, roughly the same pieces. Not necessarily you don't know what your opponent has, which makes it harder because um, from a uh, perspective of game balance, it's actually not that bad of a, the, the better opponent should still win more often uh, if the opponents, if you yourself and your opponent are playing the same deck. But, um, so you, we're kind of moving away from the, uh, you know, somewhat degenerate gameplay that Uh, melga x mirrors were where it's just kind of whoever was the opposite almost whoever went first one whoever got their pieces all all their ducks in a row first was the winner or whoever just was the one person not missing a crucial combo piece uh, at the turn where the opponent gets their bingo then you just lose and in some cases depending on who's going first and who's seeing the pieces when you may have absolutely zero control over that game at all Because if the opponent sees all their pieces exactly when they need to see them and they they just move a turn earlier than you, there's no way to win. They they have completely locked you out of the game as far as just how little memory they give you and how few cards they need to operate, assuming they're seeing exactly what they need to see.
1: I mean, granted, security is always that RNG factor, but in the Black War Greymon Mirrors, They're not really going to be attacking security unless they really feel like they just are safe and free to. And that's usually when the opponent's Mega is no longer even a threat to even perceive that's coming. Because once you lose that initial stack, uh, rebuilding sometimes is a little bit on the harder side just because of how egg cycles work. um, Because you're getting a Digimon out of raising every other turn, not every turn. And then on top of that, just the amount of control that he could have on the field for being able to attack into the opponent's Digimon just really de-incentivizes the opponent from even wanting to have anything on the field, period, which really forces them to hide their Digimon and raising, thus the game of chicken. Um, And who's building up that first initial threat to force the opponent's response is a very important skill in of itself, not only just for the Mirror, but for various other matchups, just because other decks do have that, like, explosive levels of tempo where they could just get up into their level 6 and do whatever they want uh, and still not pass turn like All Force and like um, Bloomlord. So other decks are able to, be, to play this chicken game as well. It's just the better decks are how good you could play into this chicken game, especially knowing that Black War Greymon is the king of chicken.
0: So as we really look at Blackwork Raymond and its mirror and this this chicken. It becomes more of a game of chess. Unfortunately, not a true game of chess. It's not exactly balanced. But uh picture this. It's it game of chess in the way that you're asking questions of your opponent. Back to, you know, the uh design philosophy and the skill differential of you know, meta's past where You know, we've moved... We're no longer the hyper-aggro meta. Like, thank god, you know, Melga X shouldn't be as much of a problem. It can still do things when it does... When it sees its pieces, but Black War Greymon should still win a majority of the time to the point where people won't be wanting to take Melga X, especially to something like Nats, even if, you know, they're a diehard, you know, blue-only player. But uh, it's asking a question of your opponent... And, you know, you move your piece and obviously we don't have the full access of information that chess has, but we just kind of have to go off of assumed information or bluffing as it comes in the fact that we play a card game. So at the highest level, you know, raising and doing something with a Black War Graymon should be should be met with a question of okay, why did they just set me up to kill their Black War Greymon? This was wrong but why was it wrong? What do they have to answer how are they putting me in a position to where they could answer my Black War Greymon after I kill their Black War Greymon? What do they have? What don't I know? What, what, what is the plan here? And you basically can learn the mirror by asking questions of your opponent learning lines of play the way you would chess you know you learn your chess opening you learn you know i'm going to go you know three four four x what am i doing how often am i playing my early tamer when should i play my early tamer and these are things that you can learn in the mirror that you actually have somewhat of a choice over, whereas with Melga, it that mirror you really didn't for the, a lot of the time because of how quickly the games were over and how it was just, do I have the pieces I need? And if not, I lose. And you could even go back to some of my
1: previous uh, stream VODs or like some of my tournament videos uh, if they're still up. And I literally say that so many times where, oh, they just had the piece, so they just won the game. Uh, And my security was not good enough. Um, So there definitely is some truth to that.
0: So we're moving and it's, you know, I don't know how much for Nats. I don't know how much time we have uh, to learn that. If you hadn't started that, had you just like planned around, assuming Blackboard Raymond would be in its full unaltered state for that event, because it would probably be the first and best example of that level of knowledge of early lines of play you know it cuz i mean i mean to a to a much smaller degree it you you learn things by what your opponent does right if my opponent flips their egg in their starting hand and then plays a tamer especially if that tamer is a tamer that searches okay he didn't play a rookie first he probably doesn't have one so that says something. Well, what does he have? You know, what could he have if he doesn't have a rookie? Or did he go rookie tamer? Okay, well, the, t- the rookies are literally free. So it- does he not have a four? Does he not have the four he wants? And these are all very simple, like surface level things that you can make note of and retain information for for the following turns and based upon what the standard degree of play would be. If they did have a 3 and a 4, you know, maybe we get to the point where the standard line of play isn't, you know, 3-4. It is 3 Cool Boy or 3-4 Cool Boy. We'll have to get there and figure that out as we actually play with the deck and look through the mirror. But uh, the point is, is that because for the most part you're going to be operating with the same pieces... It becomes a lot more like chess in the mirror because you have the capability, because the deck is a little slower, to ask questions of your opponent and them to respond to your questions. There's going to be a lot more back and forth. No one, Unless someone's missing a, a absolutely vital piece, like you just don't see a level 6 or a level 5 or something, then you're not going to have matches where they just set up a Blackware Greymon and you just lose the game because they raised and started swinging. And the
1: interesting thing about
0: Black War Greymon is because of all of the
1: different Tekken tools that he has available to him as a deck and part of, like, the Greymon family uh, and borrowing from both Black and Red's card pool, uh, there's just a lot of things to be able to try to keep track of and keep in mind, and being able to try to read the opponent like what Nako said is a huge skill, but also trying to figure out, uh, like what you're trying to do and how to uh, get yourself into the best position. Because like, if you notice that they're missing out on a crucial piece, they're not moving as fast. That puts you into a position where maybe you have a more proactive line of play uh, rather than a reactive line of play. And because you're being proactive, sometimes you actually could get rewarded for it because of just being able to see the dynamic of how the opponent is playing. And uh, like, there's just a lot of uh, macros that seem sometimes obvious, sometimes they're not obvious, but it comes down to more of like the minute micro level of plays where uh, that could actually make or break certain games. So I noticed uh, sometimes when I was playing Melga, just as an example with the X Antibody style of deck, sometimes you don't necessarily always want to immediately digivolve into the level 4 X antibody and you want to hold that back in case you do have a cool boy to be able to gain some extra tempo. Um, That's just an extra line of play that X antibody decks have unique to them. But even like in an all-force type of situation or other deck type of situation, okay, how am I able to uh, read the opponents, not only just set up proactive plays, but reactive plays, and kind of just, like Nako said, ask those questions on what is my opponent doing and what am I capable of doing to put them in a really bad spot? So maybe if it's uh, just based on the deck, setting up an extra blocker to be able to stop the attack to make your Digimon safe. If it's uh, lining up like a tamer or an option to de-incentivize them from doing something. Um, there's just a lot of those like skill-intensive uh, questions to be asked and lines of play and thought to be had into those style of uh matches, which is something that we didn't necessarily have a whole lot um in like Bt 10, just because the decks that like checked and countered uh Gururumon really didn't have that great of uh like they had too good of defensive options to put that deck down like Alphamon uh in BT9. You just proactively raise out an Alphamon, make it a blocker, you can't be bounced The game is basically over from there because, well, even though you moved out first, you put the opponent off of their game plan because you were proactive in your approach on how to shut their uh, game plan down based on what you read and how the matchup goes. And um, these Tamer-based decks sometimes can do that as well. It's just right now, unfortunately, we don't have the resilience on those Tamer-based decks um, for Black War Greymon to really, like, worry about, so... He just comes in, destroys the tamers, and then the tamer just the tamer decks just cry.
0: Yeah, and that being said, Blackmore Greymon is a tamer based deck. It it is a hybrid deck. It doesn't completely rely upon its tamers, but their t- tamers are valuable nonetheless. You know, if you can get rid of your opponent's first Yuya Kuga that they have played, you remove their memory tamer as well as the ability for them to, uh, what is it? Uh, a protection from options. With, okay, yeah, so it's same level Digimon. So you get their, their same level, you know, Greymon, or level 4 to 4x, four 5 to 5x. Five uh, and when doing that, they can't be affected by option cards, which, you know, blackware Greymon doesn't play a whole lot of, but still restricts their ability to interact with you and potentially will allow you to respond to something your opponent has, with an option card in the future, or it gives them at least an additional source of uh, removal that your security could have, because for the most part, a, you know, a beefed up Black War uh, GauMon or X, or Black War X, isn't afraid of security at all, but if it can die to option cards, that at least is a source of removal, potentially. And it's just that game of chess of trying to read pick and
1: choose your plays and figure out how to gain the most out of your cards which certain decks are actually really bad at it uh in terms of being able to gain the max value out of their cards if they have to be proactive i know i was playing against uh some all force and bt11 practice and they would move out they are forced to use their bounce effect with not enough tamers to be able to bounce my digimon and then the effect just fails Well, if they had enough Tamer set up, uh, depending on some of their card effects and how they were playing, that effect might be a little bit more beneficial, but if they were doing that proactively, uh, then it is literally just a waste and they lose a lot of their removal potential on that big power turn because I just didn't have anything or what I had was too big and they couldn't necessarily interact with it because they weren't fully set up, which is uh, part of the problem with certain decks is just the setup. Um... The setting up uh, is very, very crucial. Those early turns on how fast you could get yourself into an advantageous position is uh, very important. That's why a lot of purple decks generally don't do super well. Purple, don't get me wrong, has the ability to do well, but because a lot of purple decks just need time to set up more specifically than most other decks in the game, that's why purple doesn't necessarily put up the best results uh, and the better purple decks like Mastemon, even though it is technically purple yellow, um, they perform better and have performed better because they require less of a setup, and those early turns just really are super crucial.
0: So, with regard to the chicken, with like we've, we we kind we went over how they you ask questions of your opponent and. You're trading pieces on the board and you can learn lines of play. But, you know, that next level or, you know, the difference from actual chess comes with the fact that you don't have perfect information, fortunately. Um, You don't know what your opponent has or does not have. And your opponent does not know what you have or do not have. And while it's still harder to come back from you know losing something as crucial as your level six to their level six you know if in the strict trade of you raise and do something and then they just kill it on the next turn then that's still probably not something you want to do but it at least puts you in a situation where um it was harder with melga but you could at least force their hand in some regards. They don't have all the pieces they don't want. They they don't feel as comfy, as safe. Maybe they don't have a Yuya set up so that they have protections from option cards. So now they're potentially at risk of either losing a, a a source of protection or dying outright if you really force their hand and they don't have the inheritable that protects them. So You can put them in a place where if you do have your pieces and maybe some sort of backup plan of, okay, if he does just answer this, you know, I put out rock and he just has paper, but it still gives you that flexibility to, you know, to try.
1: And just that ability of like that back and forth is what creates a very interesting dynamic that uh, I can say not exactly a whole lot of other card games have uh i mean like all card games do have some like good back and forth but like just that chess like thought level analysis lines of play i haven't necessarily encountered in many other card games uh literally playing a whole bunch of different card games throughout uh my my career as uh as a human being i guess
0: yeah and i think that mostly comes from like, from previous card game experiences, the the mirrors weren't as chessy only because it was more about what could you do to set up and expand your, you know, your lead in the game, so to speak, as opposed to directly, you know, asking questions of your opponent. Um, unless, it, it, you know, we're talking magic control mirrors and we have uh literal counter spells in play so that becomes a whole another question of you know <laughs> i digivolve into black war greymon response okay cool i actually get to, to digivolve and you don't just kill it or something but the entire idea that black war greymon will just kind of be that good that learning it at this level will kind of be the base level of success where I guess whoever sees their pieces faster will still be in a better place but it doesn't necessarily mean that they win the way that they won with Melga and you'd have a lot of people that are probably going to transition over to Black War Greymon being the new premier you know, best deck, everyone wants to play the best deck, and usually when the best deck is this much further ahead than everything else, there's even a stronger incentive for people to play the best deck, especially when there is no true anti-deck, because this deck runs all over security control in a way that um, Melga did not. But learning the deck is at least rewarding in that regard.
1: Yeah, uh, usually knowing uh, like a baseline build, what to expect your opponent, what to expect they're capable of does help dictate how you should be able to play because if you have zero idea what anything is going to be doing, that's usually not a good sign and usually something you want to try to avoid, especially at high levels of play, which is why as like a YouTuber, I like to cover a whole bunch of different decks so I know the spectrum Of what each different deck is capable of. I might not be the best pilot on all of them. And the decks might not be the most finely tightly crafted. uh, Competitively viable deck right out of the video uh, experience. But I at least am aware of the spectrum on what decks are capable of. And that's something that I have noticed to benefit me in events. Is just a knowledge check. Like hey I know what you're doing. I know what's coming next and I know how to stop it can you say the same for me that's something I don't necessarily have the answer to all of the time I'm not a mind reader uh for my opponent but that's something that they have to be aware of which is why like knowing the weaknesses and strengths of a deck like Black War Greymon is going to be absolutely crucial like in Japan they learned that oh attacking into Black War Greymon is pretty good so let's start running stuff like Grandis um and uh, decks that are able to be able to attack into Black War Greymon. Well, uh, unfortunately, Black War Greymon can do that himself, which is also why he's just so good and why that mirror is going to be super intricate and interesting, is just, okay, the deck has its own built-in counter on top of having to worry about other decks that could be able to counter it, but it, the Greymon support as a whole, just there's so much more than various other support that that's part of the reason why the deck is accelerated. Uh, above a lot of other decks is just the pool of cards it could use and pull from.
0: Yeah, and so it's need to touched on it, but there there were a couple decks that tried to answer Black War Greymon. Uh, it ultimately seemed pretty feeble. And from our testing it seems as though no deck Uh, has a winning matchup into or at least no deck is favored into black Graymon other than black Graymon. but um which kind of puts it in tier zero territory unfortunately uh where the like the best way to beat the deck is to be the deck um and uh that would still put black Graymon with a hundred percent win rate in those matchups because you know, either player A's Black Raymond or player B's Black Raymond is winning. So it's still a win for the deck, even if it's also a loss for the deck. But that's just how statistics are calculated for events. Um. But there are, like, the notable examples, right? You have to find the, the holes that Black Raymond doesn't explicitly fill, even if they aren't necessarily as strong of decks individually, like grandis is a great example because it kind of just sits and raising until it wins the game something black or greymon can't you know affect specifically it has piercing so it can still do whatever it wants to regardless of whether it's blocked or redirected with black or Greymon's ability black or greymon x's ability and it pretty much doesn't care about its tamers at all which is Another thing that Black or Greymon would still be able to punish while they were setting up, if they were trying to play Tamers out, because they play like a Tamer or two, and usually the Mimi isn't super relevant for their game plan. It's it's just there if you see it. And go like piggybacking off of that, like
1: just uh, again the Chicken ability. If they are proactively raising out their Digimon, now you reactively would be able to then punish it, especially as Grandis, uh, attacking over it, dealing all of that damage, and basically OTKing them and putting them in a very bad position. Um, and it's not the only deck to be able to do it. Uh, I think Green as a whole, just the concept of being able to suspend the Digimon and be able to attack into it is just very, very strong because of all of the different protections from options and being return to hand, return to deck, uh, and just leaving the field, getting deleted. Uh, just the fact that he has a lot of different protections means that you have to really try to pick which ones are going to be able to be able to beat it. So, like, uh, the DP thresholds is also, like, another thing you have to pay attention to. It's like, okay, on average, how big is this thing? Not only just during my turn, but the opponent's turn as well, because uh, a card like Yuya also increases its DP, so you have to be aware of that. And now that also just, like, asks the questions again, like, hey, how do I actually stop this thing? And it's not like we're saying Black Wargreymon is going to be this nigh-unbeatable force of nature. Uh, It's a Digimon deck like any others. If it doesn't see its parts and pieces and bricks, it could lose to any deck just as easily um, as any deck being able to operate itself. Um, But You just have to try to, like, figure out how you're able to navigate around their game plan and what types of cards are weak against it and try not to run those. That's why, like, memory boosts are going to be super important in this format because if Black War Greymon is just going to be able to delete tamers and delete multiple tamers because of a card like Hades Force as well, um, then a card like a memory boost where it's just absolutely doing nothing it can't be deleted or interacted with is it's just sitting there waiting for you to use it is going to be a little bit more beneficial towards your overall success because now you're not losing as hard on your card advantages and your card value to the opponent's game plan and
0: game uh game plan and overall gameplay yeah that's a good point you basically so assuming you don't want to play black or Raymon assuming you don't want to just play the mirror for 9 10 rounds straight then what do you play into it uh, we mentioned grandis but like as as a shell without mentioning specific decks just you can mention the idea of something that doesn't rely on Hamers. bare minimum like anything as soon as you say you know blank hybrid you're wrong that those decks just can't compete in the space anymore or Blackboard, it Raymon. needs a
1: specific amount of tamers to do something.
0: Yeah, anything bond, you know, not that no one's playing that anymore anyway. But th- th- you get the idea. The idea of decks that rely upon tamers to do things. Those decks are immediately off the table. I mean, even you know, I hate to say it, but the up and coming Ulforce. Uh, Ulf see, a-, a deck that showed up in Japan and was pretty good, until people realized that. Black War Greymon was as good as it was, and as soon as you play into nothing but Black War Greymon, that deck can't do anything because it relies upon uh, gaining increased value from its tamers and setting up tamers.
1: And without its tamers, it's basically like a wet blanket. It's just going to sit there and uh, do not really a whole lot. So, like, not saying that Grandis is going to be the best deck to take to counter Black War Greymon X, and not saying Black War Greymon X is this tier 0 force, but just understanding the chinks in the armor to be able to try to navigate around their usual play lines will also just help you accelerate uh, your overall success when it comes to these big competitive events.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, because we'll have to see how it's adopted, in the, the west because on paper the best decks that weren't blackboard graymon that performed for japan's bt11 were the uh the Digicross decks um as they were walking into bt11 the best decks of the format also by a large margin and we saw that that was hit um some of this data is A little messy because it includes uh, the full-strength cross-hearts decks that they had access to for, I think, technically the entire format. But most people, when it was announced that the restriction would be implemented, they stopped playing it. That was more of a house rule, not an official rule. So some events, people were still playing it full-strength. Before it was lifted, some people just immediately started like I might as well learn the deck or if I'm still gonna play the deck after the restriction, I'm going to learn it post restriction and change their lists immediately. So uh the water gets a little murky there, but technically the second and third best decks for the Japanese format were uh Cross Hearts decks, but combined they were still, you know, seventy to Black War Raymond's one oh five
1: which is still a large margin in terms of a gap. Um, not to get like too far into the weeds of Japanese data, because as we learned, it can be spotty and unreliable at best in terms of what we're actually trying to take and gain out of it. But in the future, uh, decks that still use Tamers were... St- uh being played despite the fact that Black War Greymon was a card. It might just be because of the Black War Greymon mirror, where maybe the base Black War Greymon just isn't as good as people think, even though he is the base. Uh, or maybe in certain matchups they just aren't seeing it as often because they're only running it maybe as like a one or a two of. That all comes down to like deck composition and how to best handle what you think the mirror matchup is going to be, um, or just your matchup spread in general. Um, cause like maybe, uh, some people, this, this might be a little bit of a crazy thought, but some people might not think that Gaomon would be very good in the deck. They just want to go full Black War Greymon, Black War Greymon X, maybe not even anticipating or knowing how that mirror matchup goes, but maybe they learn really quickly that in that mirror with that chicken style of gameplay, um, Gaomon is actually needed because of that blitz ability. And then that changes their perception on, okay, now this is what's good. Let me change my deck to try to fix that around and change things up a little bit. So deck composition is huge and we see that in future sets not getting again too far deep into things. Uh tamer based decks started adding in some extra resilience to their tamers. Um kind of like what um what Yu Amano um he has a card that helps bring back um tamers. Purple, as a general, kind of plays with the trash anyway, so maybe that's not like the perfect example, but just having the ability to be able to grab back stuff um, that was already lost is just a huge value and uh, an extra resource. Um, and just being able to like prevent your cards from being deleted in general is also a very, very strong ability that's only adding an extra layer to this chicken because, okay, if I don't have an answer to their deck even though they proactively raised out um, am I still in a good position in this chicken style of gameplay
0: so yeah it's it's hard though because at the same time Black War Grimond should just be I guess should you know we still technically don't know we only have you know our testing and testing that we've done uh, or spoken with other people who've done Testing, but we're really leaning so heavily on this Black War Greymon thing because it it pushes people out of the meta in ways that Melga didn't necessarily. Melga still obviously had its speed and its aggression and its consistency that were problems, but it technically had an answer in the form of Sekkon, and in the form of some of the more control-based decks that could get ahead and stay ahead and as long as they established a board they were kind of like i mean even like actual blackmore graymon i'm pretty sure uh zenitsu and i testing the if i could get a blackmore graymon out with blocker like you're actually in a really good spot to maybe even win that match just because you could prevent all the low level aggression um from happening realistically, you're not really ever getting that far unless they are are missing something, you know, important. But Black Greymon, because of his defensive nature and his kind of chip, you know, trickle style of play, is it, it's, it's compounding force that he doesn't necessarily need all of his pieces immediately to still have absolutely, like, the most control in the game and then with something like hades force coming into play you can just delete any deck that says you know it uses more than three tamers or any deck that relies on those tamers at all because you know if if you're playing and your opponent just plays a single hades force you've already lost the game
1: yeah that is uh definitely very true like the big difference is like because Melga leaned more heavily into the OTK-esque style of gameplay, like, it still opened up space and opportunity for a multitude of different decks to be able to exist still. Um, Black War Greymon, being the style of deck that it is, actually is constraining what is even playable and possible. It's just like, okay, the only decks that, like, uh, where Gururumon really took out of the meta were the decks that like to beat up on the opponent's Digimon. So that's part of the reason why Jessmon saw like borderline zero play was because its primary form of removal, Melga just had the best protection against. Even though like against Black War Greymon, it doesn't have that same protection, which makes uh, a deck like Jessmon look even better to take now, just because its primary source of removal is good against uh, Black War Greymon and it doesn't run Tamers. That just spells that it is a more viable deck now in that style of environment. Uh, Usually, I always like to prepare for the best deck and basically warp the meta around uh, basically the triangle of that best deck. So in Melga, we had the triangle of like, okay, Melga's obviously at the top of that pyramid. Then to the left and right, you have your security control, and then you have something like your Bloomlord. So like, there's still just a wide variety of playable decks because Melga's not stopping any of them from doing anything that they're supposed to, where a deck like Black War Greymon actually is trying to stop them from doing anything that they're trying to do, which then constrains what's even possible and playable against them. Like uh, the big example with Hades Force and just the sheer amount of Tamer hate and Tamer removal, it really just makes wanting to play Tamer-based decks uh, just look very, very bad. Uh, Just because you're... Obviously, assuming Black War Greymon is going to be the best deck, and then all of a sudden you're playing all of these Tamers, they Hades Force, and then you just auto-lose the game because all of that investment that you spent into that field, which is why like the game of Chicken is so intricate, is because you're spending a lot of investment into building up this Digimon, and if the opponent's able to just tear it down, they're still, they still have their big body out, and you're trying to struggle-bust to recover. Now, because of the speed in which Black Raymon deals damage, there actually is time to attempt to try to fight back. Uh, it just starts to limit and constraint the options, uh, not like actual option type cards, but the uh, types of play lines that you're able to take to be able to recover.
0: Another part here is... Um, I didn't want to get too specific into uh playlines for Black Ramon mostly because it's still all internal testing and there isn't it's not as widely known what exactly the lists will look like yet. Um so I didn't wanna, you know, harp on certain cards too much, but Hades Force will undoubtedly see play. But the it's just the progression of the power creep that the game has introduced where in, you know, BT eight or BT5, with Lord Nightmon, you'd have your opponent have their big power turn, and it would sometimes be, you know, a reasonable response just to be able to... Oh, man, my opponent has an Imperial Dramat, and I can't stop it. Gaia Force. Just kill it. Spend a lot of memory, but you kill it. You get rid of it. Well, with Yuya existing, you can't do that. But also... Black War Greymon can do that, and basically do their whole turn. Because of the way Hades Force is structured, and it's basically strict power creep on what we know to be like the big kill option card. You know, if you would use this card, if you have an, a Digimon in play with X-Antibody and its Digivolution sources, reduce the memory cost of this by two. So, step one, it's a five-cost option card. Step two, if you have the X-Antibody Digimon in play, play Hades Force and then still have some semblance of choice when it comes to other things that you're doing because Hades Force allows you to attack the X Anybody Digimon allows you to Digivolve while attacking you can basically do the whole turn uninterrupted while still playing Hades Force
1: and yeah that's that's one of the key strengths of just how X antibodies work in general. Not only is Black or Graymon X's primary protection coming from that option card, um, but the fact that Digivolving on attack, Cool Boy gain tempo when you Digivolve into a Digimon of the same level that's also an X antibody, on top of the fact that there's just more two color support and synergy for Black and Red, uh, just it's all of these compounding factors that are just adding up that other decks don't necessarily do. Um, and it's like, the, the example is, uh, if two things are growing um, at the same time, one thing grows faster than the other, that just makes it look more appealing as that's... that's what you're going to be paying attention to, is more of the accelerated growth. Like, all of the other stuff and all of the other decks, they're still growing to some degree and some capacity. It's just because of all of these compounding factors, it's accelerating Black War Greymon's growth and, therefore, its power in the grand scope of things. Because we have all of this Japanese information, um, not necessarily meta-wise, but like card-wise, and we could see that um, Greymon in terms of red and black, is just getting more support. So, uh, like, it's just looking like a very safe investment, not only from a deck perspective, because you know the cards uh, from Japan. Like, you could look up on almost any database to see this. Um, But you know that there's going to be more support, and because there's more support, it gives you more tech, more options, more tools to play around with that other decks just don't have. It's like, okay, if you're a Cross Hearts player, sure, you have all of the Cross Hearts cards, but... How many Crosshearts cards are there compared to the amount of Greymon base cards that uh Black War Greymon has access to? Not only just for one color, but for two colors. Um and same thing like with Melga. It's like, oh, you look at Melga's toolbox, and it's actually significantly smaller than you might think, even though Garurumon is a decently supported um Digimon. Um and it comes down to like their new interpretation of like block design, where it's like they'll usually try to support a deck. Um, and give it some support every now and then, uh, rest Diabormon players' hearts that they haven't gotten their cards yet, uh, for their X line. Um, but they do generally try to update decks regularly. So, uh, Bloomlord is a good example where it's like, we got it in BT 10. It gets a little bit in BT, uh, 11 or maybe not BT 11. Uh, it's either 11 or 12. I digress. It gets more support in, like, the following sets, even though it's not huge amounts of support. It's still something to try to keep the deck alive and viable. And Black War Greymon just gets literally new whole evolution lines to fully adopt. Um, so it's like, while well, deck gets one or two pieces, this gets more. Significantly more. Which only adds to the problem and the fact that it just has all of these different pieces uh, to pull from is part of like how it could handle various different situations against various different uh, deck types.
0: Yeah, that's a good point too, because a lot of people's perceptions on what deck they want to play may not even necessarily stem with what how good is that deck in the moment, and unfortunately Blackbird Raymon just ends up in a place where it's the best deck now and the best deck later, you know, looking really far forward, but as as far as, you know, the, the current Digimon J- Japanese eye can see, you know, like, based on Japanese information, um, it's still their best deck, so if you're going to play it now, it only gets better, unlike some of the other decks where you were kind of always in that waiting room of, oh, I, we need another, you know, like, BT-7 Alpha Mon, you know, or BT-7 X Antibody, Black X Antibody, you know. Kind of not really a deck. Nobody really played it. It didn't have anything. It was just like a couple x antibody pieces in the shell of a black, like just good stuff deck. And then they got more pieces and it was more playable. And then it got more pieces and now it became playable. You, you eventually, you know, the cup runneth over to, so to speak, that you keep pouring good cards into an archetype. Eventually you're going to hit that point. But now we're at the point where Black War Greymon's overflowing there are too many good cards that they're not even not playing other cards that would be good by other deck standards. Because we even just see this in their
1: choice of level sixes, where it's like, okay, most decks usually will have like their main level six and their sub level six. Well, Black War Greymon already has three playable level sixes that it wants to use, and it doesn't necessarily have the deck space to be able to incorporate all three as cleanly as it wants. Um, but that's still just a decent amount of more variety in tech and tools that it has and then now add in even more cards later on top of what it already has and you just get uh like this big balloon of an archetype that's like not really it's it's just a super full package that just has a lot of its own depth and that comes to like the strengths of deck building and where like the meta is on what gets played and what doesn't get played but the fact that it's it has enough tools to be able to customize itself to fit whatever meta is asking or demanding from it just makes it a deck that's going to have its own share of resilience that others don't because it's like oh this isn't a go wide meta therefore blue hybrids is dead um if it is a go wide meta blue hybrids is alive uh and a card like death x doubly compounds that where it's just like okay because of black war graymon um is death x a viable card well the answer is kind of a maybe um it's less viable because it is still trying to play that chicken hide and raising move out punish the opponent or proactively punish the opponent depending on the deck and the situation but because it's only ever running one stack and a few amount of tamers that death x probably isn't going to get a whole lot of value
0: yeah and i really wish it were that easy i wish it had like uh an achilles heel so to speak something that the deck relied upon that other decks couldn't touch and that's you know kind of leads into the the tier zero portion of you know why black War Greymon could be p- tier zero is that the best way to kill black War Greymon is to be black War Greymon because the best way to kill black War Greymon is to remove the black War Greymon tamers The only deck that does that is Blackboard Greymon.
1: Yeah, and this is all just, like, hyperbole. Blackboard Greymon's just one of the best examples because if you look at a lot of, like, Digimon's design when it comes to these, like, traditional stack-based decks, uh, a lot of these level 6 Digimon just have some built-in removal inherently to them. Uh, You look at uh, Melga X, just as an example— And it's just like, okay, when I digivolve into him, he's most likely going to unsuspend himself and bounce the opponent's Digimon for free. For literally doing nothing but going into the card. On top of being able to use the card. You look at something like uh, WarGreymon X. I'm going to swing, and then at the end of the attack, I'm going to delete a Digimon. You look at Gallantmon, I'm going to swing and delete a Digimon. Like, a lot of these cards just have these inherent built-in removals that are more color based as far as like the removal type it's trying to do and go for green tries to suspend attack into the opponent's digimon and then piercing for the damage um or just bot deck the opponent's digimon uh because apparently they just have that as well um but that's just how the game has been progressing since bt4 is just a digimon's going to come out remove something and do its own thing and it's just how fast these decks can do that, uh, and when they do that is like what really determines these style of games. Which is why like these tempo, like high tempo cards, like Jet Silphimon, like Argamon level 5, that's why they decided to limit the cards, is because uh is because they are super efficient on that tempo to be able to get into that level six to do its removal ability. And a card like um, Black War Greymon, or not Black War Greymon, uh, the new BT-11 Greymon X-Antibody helps accelerate Black War Greymon faster than Melga because it now can digivolve more efficiently than Melga um, while still being almost as consistent as it. Which, uh, again, is like... Why these X antibody decks kind of have like their own inherent problem that's making them better than most other decks is because of that added extra utility in terms of how consistent, fast, and um, and tempo efficient that they could be.
0: Yeah, so unfortunately, this is kind of the, the space we live in right now. Um, as we move forward into BT 11, hopefully, for the majority of you uh some sort of changes announced later that will come into effect later so that your locals metas those that remain are not plagued by black or graymon mirrors uh for anyone with nationals in mind it's the world we live in um at this point i'm it's pretty safe to say that they won't make any changes obviously they could announce something tomorrow and everything we just said is less uh relevant or completely irrelevant depending on what they change but the worst part about Blackboard greymon and maybe the reason they didn't touch Blackboard greymon is they want to give maybe more time to figure out what the problem is or what they could actually touch because i mean even with melga people have had you know we should change x we should change y we should limit this we should limit that and no one has any hard uh choices on what should be limited or what shouldn't be limited and why and cool boys probably a pretty f- safe place to start but i don't think it even makes the deck any less of itself it just makes it a little less consistent sometimes that's all it really needs if especially if the game is like all about
1: that tempo inconsistency like some digimon and some cards just have the ability to be able to get all the way up their stack and basically just do anything they want to depending on where they are in their evolutionary line when they digivolve up because you do get stuff like bloom lord where it's like If you actually stop and think about Bloomlord, that card is like really good and can be absolutely cracked where he's starting to gain you tempo for Digivolving into the Bloomlord. And uh, when an all four stack goes off, it could kind of do the same. So it's not like uh, the speed is necessarily a problem. It's just some of the consistency to allow the speed in which to happen, uh, that might be uh a place to start because like if a deck isn't as fast or isn't as consistent that leaves room for counterplay to take place especially uh with like i need to raise at a particular turn i need to raise at a particular phase i need to raise with a particular digimon if all of that becomes harder to get to it starts to slow things down a little bit
0: yeah so with that in mind, uh, I hope everyone looks forward to BT11 and challenges themselves to maybe learn Black War Greymon or learn the matchup into Black War Greymon with whatever you decide to play. Um, the game of chicken is still up for grabs. The better player still can win, and at least in the Black War Greymon mirror, there's a lot of uh interesting choices to be made around what you're doing and when, and hopefully. Uh, those that of us that get to learn and play with these choices and play to that higher level get to have fun and experience the game in a way that we really haven't in a long time because the game is much less defined by who sees what first.
1: Yeah, which uh, is usually nice. Uh, it is more about skillful play, especially in these types of uh, supposed environments. Again, we don't actually know 100% how BT11 is going to shape out if uh, Black War Greymon is going to be the best deck. We're just guessing based on uh, personal experiences and utilizing some Japanese data to infer this, uh, so we don't actually have concrete evidence. This is just hyperbole for the sake of the example about talking about how this chicken game has developed and why it's super important to kind of know and understand this type of a concept to be able to grow yourself as a player.
0: And with that, we are going to have to end this episode here. Thank you for listening to the end, and goodbye.
1: Later.